0: I don't know about you, but I've really been blessed in um, yesterday's service for the men and today with uh, Pastor Bender being here. Um, what, what a what a great time for me. I I've, I really enjoyed it. But it was also during that time that I kept getting confirmation about um, what I thought I should um, speak to you about. I had uh, spent a good bit of time this week uh, early on uh, preparing for some other things, but also thinking I knew what I was to do tonight. And... Um, Pastor Bender took care of that yesterday, if you guys remember what we talked about. And I thought, Lord, am I to do that again? And uh, it was during that uh, message um, that he preached yesterday, I was reminded of this particular scripture, and as I was reading it, he uh, he was told me this is what we're to do tonight. I think the challenge that I have is the longer I, I'm a part of God's uh, kingdom and a part of the uh, the family of God and the with you brothers and sisters is that, um, there's a part of me that gets comfortable where I am. You ever been there? And as we do that, there seems times that, that, um, um some of my, uh, fellowship, my, my praying, my time spent with him, um, doesn't go much, doesn't go very far. You know what I mean? And it's just, uh, it's, it's always kind of bothered me, um, and it's usually during a time that I feel pretty comfortable about where I am. And that being the case, the scripture that, that I was reading that uh, he, he wanted me to uh, share with you tonight, I, and I, I trust that um, there'll really be something here for each of you, is in Luke eighteen. Luke eighteen. I want to start with verse ten. One, there, there's a Jesus is speaking, and he's used a uh, a comparison, a parable of two men. Um, my version does say it's a parable, but uh, I think it uh, very likely could be uh, something that uh, we've all kind of experienced. So it's, it's not uh, far from our life. But two men went up the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a tax collector. Now, as you think of those two folks there that are going up to pray, I want you to, want to uh, kind of have some discussion here in a moment about what's similar about those men. Then we want to look at what's different about them. And obviously, you know, the Pharisee is someone who ha- has a, a great understanding of the Word of God, someone who particularly uh, is looking at um, um, laws and, and making sure he follows them to, to the very... Degree that, that he understands them. And the tax collector, on the other hand, is someone who had, uh, if you will, the um, ability and also uh, the right under uh, the law of the uh, Romans, which we're under at this particular time, as he took your taxes, he could take a few more bucks along the line and he got to keep that. So besides getting paid, You know, he could rake in some more. So those are the two men that are going up to the the temple. One a Pharisee, the other tax collector. And the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. Have you ever been in a situation where you felt like that? Is all of that wrong? Because if you're not like that, What happened? Probably you had some help from the Lord, right? Or we couldn't be like that. And then he said, I fast twice a week. And I give tithes of all that I possess. Now, as as I was looking at some of the commentaries, they're not saying he gave tithes of his increase. He gave tithes of what he purchased just in case. I bought it from Tim, and Tim, someplace along the line, hadn't given tithes on it, so I give his tithes. I'm not quite there yet, but that's what they're saying that those folks did, and particularly the Pharisees. And then he says, I do it of all I possess, and the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but he beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, my version, which is a New King James, says a sinner. I think the true version should say the sinner. He saw himself as being the sinner. No one else was any worse than him. Now, as you look at those two men, what do you see that's similar about them? I know you're not used to discussing, but come on. What do you see? They're both coming to pray. Now, I don't know what caused that. They both fell in need come to pray. There isn't any in the other indication that it's, if you will, the time of prayer. There, they appear to be the only two there and they both came to pray. So, if you will, that's a virtue in both of them, right? What else you see? Bruce? <laughs> yeah. He did kind of do that. One of the things that amazed me at that is as you look at those two men and look at their perspective and look how different they are. Both of them had to be jews they both had to be jewish because they went where they went in the temple and if you weren't jewish guess what you didn't get in the temple so they're both jewish men they had a desire to pray when they got up to pray or when they started to pray who who did they pray to they both prayed to god didn't they so far we're on even ground right and what do you see different bruce has already kind of tipped off some of that one guy was pretty excited about himself, right? Tim, now, had a high opinion of himself. Have you ever struggled with that? Have you gone up and walked through the mall and see what's going on? How do you feel about yourself? Have you gone to school function? How do you feel about yourself? And I think the challenge tonight is to see what God is saying to us about these guys and I was kind of intrigued, just for a side note, about that Pharisee. It, it, it says that he prayed thus with himself. Now, the other man's over in the corner, right? And he's here praying with himself. And I guess the question that entered my heart was, did God hear that prayer? What do you think? Come on, don't be Pharisee about here. What do you think? Did God hear their prayer or not? Did he hear his prayer? Jim. He heard it. Anybody want to differ with Jim? I know he's big, but he's on that side. Yeah. Okay. He knew he heard it because he's telling the story. Anyone else? Yep. I want to look at a couple things with you tonight. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm sure uh, some verses here. I, I looked to uh, look at uh, 12 first. There I mentioned this. So I guess I I have to, okay? It's it's bugging me. <laughs> How many went to National Day of Prayer? Okay. How many felt pretty comfortable where you were as compared to other people? Oh. Don't put your hand. I'm gonna let you interpret that, you you're good at. It. What do you think? Did you feel pretty comfortable or not? Okay. I think the I think the challenge always has been for me is is when when you get in the presence of God's people, you find many who are different than you. Right. How do you feel on that? Some of. They'll come around. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Anybody else? (laughs) Audrey? And and I guess the challenge, again, always has been to me, is is you feel that. Why do you feel that? Is that God prompting that? Or is it something else? (laughs) Usually we know, right? And I think God has a way of putting us in a place where we'll realize what's in our own heart. All right, verse 12. For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves. And we could go back and, you know, Paul is speaking to the Corinthians and he's talking about spiritual warfare in the first part of that chapter. And then he's talking about his authority as you get into verse 7 and some of those kind of things. But then, in verse 12, he says, we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves they're not wise god help us because when you get in that situation if you're not careful you will compare ourselves i won't ask you if you felt pride when you looked at the number new hope people were there but let's go to verse 17 but let him who glories, let him glory in the Lord. For not he who commends himself is approved, but whom the Lord commends. So now, back to these two. Why do you think the, the Pharisee was there at that time? This side's awful quiet. Come on. Yeah. Obligated to be there. you feel that? Agree with that? It would be real interesting to see why the tax collector was there. Because even though he was a Jew, and there's no indication that he had been there before, but I'll bet the Pharisee had been there before. And normally speaking, when we go into a place like the, the first time you went to church, you remember back then as an adult? Usually we're driven there because everything was going just great, right? Right. <laughs> And I think all of us have our own God story, what God did for us because we were desperate, right? And and, and to me, the thing that's occurred here is we've got two men going to God's house, both to pray, both praying to God, and one of them is prepared and the other one is routine. He's just there. Obligation. I gotta go. They're having prayer. I know I've gotta be there. Whatever. And that being a situation, I think that you know the challenge to me is always you know when you when you go, are you prepared? Are are you ready to really open yourself before God? And that's what it's that's what we're asking. God's asking us to do right. Let me let me let me suggest uh, that I I I seriously doubt this is. This is me, but I seriously doubt that God heard the Pharisee's prayer. Just me, but I doubt it. Because when we come in prayer, we're coming to a God who we're pouring ourselves out to, right? And and what's this guy doing? Pouring himself, right, out to God. One commentary said, one man came as a prayer. This guy came as a prayer. P-R-E-Y-E-R. Have you ever done that? You ever gone to God and just remind him, you know, really, you need to do this for me because whatever it is. I fast, I pray, I what I whatever, I whatever. And I think that's a challenge. The more we're in this walk together, the more of a challenge that we see that. That, if you will, God has done things in us and we're following, if you will, those things that we understand him wanting us to do. And if we're not careful, we'll commend ourselves to ourselves. One of the things that's always kind of troubled me about that is not how impressed he was. Let's go back to to that Luke 18. Not so much how he, he was impressed by himself and what he had done. But... As you get down in the last part of verse 11, he starts comparing himself to other people. And then he just happens to mention, just happens to mention the tax collector, which is next to him, right? Have you ever had somebody who's used a situation like that and in the process put somebody else down in your presence? And if so, why do you do it? Or have you ever done it? <laughs> And if so, why do you do that? Because you're lifting yourself up, if you will. I'm stepping on Carol, so I'll be higher, right? Because I know what I don't deserve to be higher. But you know, I really I can find a fault there, so I'll just step on her, and I'll I'll be able to be higher. I'd suggest to you, there's a lot of insecurity and a lot of defensive insecurity. Now you gals don't have near the problem with defensive being the Defensive we guys do, but most of us can tell you all the reasons that what that guy was doing were great, Because we're pretty defensive about defending how we act and how we feel and those kind of things. That's Our only basis of comparison, you know, you know again, going back to that Corinthians, our only basis of comparison can be our comparison, Jesus Christ, right? we have nothing else that we can compare to and in doing that there won't be many i did this this and this in there we'll realize how far short and i want to i want to go to a, a another thing that i that i have seen in that particular prayer everything he mentions that he does let's look back at him he said now well, first of all i thank god that i am what not like other men when he talks about those guys i fast i give tithes i possess but when you look at that all of those things basically are if you will external things aren't they really and that's a that's a pretty good indication of a pharisee is that the relationship isn't within it's a relationship it's not a relationship it's a demonstration out, and again, I'm not sure he came prepared, but he thought he was. And as he did that, the the thing that I see is he he's based that all on external, and it, it's not so much what he is, what he was, what he's done, what you know, what he uh, what is in inside of him. It's what's on the outside, and occasionally. <laughs> Much to my chagrin, and I'm sure glad Ed's doing more of it. We get involved with couples who are having some difficulty, and guys, I'm sorry, but when we come in, you know what we what we always mention? Well, I, 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 and she's saying what? <laughs> Not the way I see it. Not the way I see it. And many times we see action, demonstration. As being that which we do. And the woman sees what? The feeling. Sees what's necessary there. It's always amazed me that when God made us and he made Adam and and he looked at him, he said, Man, this ain't good. (laughs) This is not good. I got to make Teresa or Lenny's going to be in a heap of trouble. That's what he said, wasn't it? He said, It's not good. So you gals are our emotion. Our emotion. and And somehow or other, in all of that, we don't do that well, and uh, we don't say it well. there's just a, a lot about us that the way we're wired and it, it it's always amazed me how God picks two people who are wired completely different and usually have different personalities usually have a, you know a lot of if you will potential conflict, and he puts us together and he says, what well, Now, you guys go become one, doesn't it? Remember the pastor this morning, Pastor Bender, said, God will put us in situations which we we can't handle. And that's one of them. I, I I am convinced that as we look at marriage, that's one thing God has put us in that there's no way we can handle without his help. Yeah, I know, there are some people... That appear to have great marriages without His help, but I think if we knew what was happening inside, we would find out that's not true. There is just no way that Tim can love Carol without God's help. I can't love Joyce without God's help. And you know, as you as you look at that, it's it's no different than us loving God. We can't we can't really do that without the help of the Holy Spirit. And not really because if we're not careful what will we do well i fast you know i pray i go to church whatever you know we look at all those external things that we do and that's our gauge but when, when we start sharing our feelings start sharing ourselves then we realize how how much we become up short in that if he, as you look at those things he did how much did he have to depend on god to do those There's no indication. I think some of us would have a difficult time fasting without God's help. But as a whole, we could do those things, right? We could make ourselves do those things, and we really don't need God's help. And I think if you get to the bottom line, that's the message God gets right there. I really don't need you. Since I don't need you, God's saying, great. When you really need me, come back. I'm always amazed when I think of David. And God calls him a man after his own heart. Nobody (laughs) messed up trying to do it themselves any more than he did, but nobody was any quicker to admit it, to repent and turn. And that's all he's really asking of any of us is to do that. Self-righteousness is what that Pharisee was showing us. And self-righteousness, if you if you let it keep on going to fullness, will become self-sustained. You know, I can really pretty well handle this thing anymore. I really don't need much help from God. We're, we're, we're getting along pretty good. And, but the thing that that also will lead to is it will lead to us being perfectionists on the outside, making sure that we have everything done on the outside so that when I look at Tim, Tim I can't see anything wrong with Tim on the outside I have no idea what's happening in here but we're trying to please who in that situation we're trying to please man aren't we the other man the tax collector was trying to please who he's trying to please God he said man I messed up I've done it and and you know the thing that scares me about that is God says and Timothy he put that in there for what reason for me to learn from it Now, if he put it in there for me to learn from it, what's that tell me? I probably can go there, right? I probably can be that Pharisee. No, I can't probably be. I can be. I can be that Pharisee. Another thing that I see in there, another reason that I really doubt that God heard his prayer, is pride distorts our ability for self-scrutiny. We can get to a point if you, if you need to see that, uh, turn on an NFL or NBA game. Don't take very long to realize there could be somebody on the floor or in the field with a, just a little bit of pride, right? Just a little bit. And the thing that really bothers me about that is they learn to do that at home and with the coach. That's what we promote, right? i got a son who's a coach who could tell you lots and lots of stories about that kind of nonsense. But I'm just saying we can get to the point that we think this is, you know, I saw LeBron do it. I know this is how to do it. And LeBron's tattoo only went down to here and mine goes, clear down here. All the stuff that we want to be. All of our pride. So pride says if we're going to be right with God, we got to be right with God because of what we do. Right? That's what pride says. Not with what he does. And so if you look down through his prayer, his exchange, what he did was he really lacked humility, didn't he? He really lacked being able to humble himself before God. Now I I would have liked to seen their posture as they were praying, but I can just about tell what it was, you know. And as that particular Greek word, as I understand it there, that is in humility, at, at least this, you know, again, not something that I have any understanding of, but just what I've read. There are three three parts of that. Number one, to be really one of uh, that can operate in humility. You've got to be very thankful. You've got to be grateful. And, and I'm reminded of the scripture in Timothy. It says one of the things going to happen to us in the last days. But. We're going to be an ungrateful people. Have you seen a little of it? Oh, my. Another thing that it says is we've got to be honest. We've got to be sharing from our heart. And we got, if we're going to be humble people, we've got to be honest with where we are. If we're not honest, we're no better than that Pharisee. Because we're exalting what we've done, not who we are. And I think all of us have an understanding of who we are, right? And how much we fall short. But the one that that as I, I was preparing this yesterday in particular, the third part of that humility is we have to have the courage to go beyond ourselves and beyond grow beyond who we are. And Pastor Bender said today, what? Well, it's time to get with what God has given you to do, your calling, or whatever it is. And he said most of us would be called to something that we cannot accomplish have you ever been someplace where you couldn't accomplish it on your own if you haven't guess what you're pretty close to where that pharisee was right and and i would just say to you god is going to put us out there you know he's going to put us where we can't accomplish it because he wants the spirit of god to do it, to flow through us so that he's accomplished it and he gets the glory not us you can about tell how well you've done with that when somebody starts coming to you and telling you how good you are, right? (laughs) It probably was external, right? It didn't come from God. So kind of a good measure of who we are and what we are. Um, Those three things uh, in another commentary said they're they're basically uh, asking and answering three questions. The first question is, what do I have that I wasn't given? Well, you know, I've worked hard all my life and I've got this, this and this, but it's because I worked hard, I got all this money I did it, I I I and, and God says, "Why? Well, I gave you the ability. It was me that gave you the ability to make money. And if you're if you're priding yourself in what you've done <laughs> and I would just say to you, we're stepping away from humility. Gratitude, right? Gratitude. It's where it starts. Not what we are. Yeah, but I've been out there practicing foul shots. You know, I've been doing 200 every day. And I'm good because I've seen some guys practice 200 and they still ain't good. You know, God has to give you the ability. And if you don't see him as giving that ability, you're in trouble. And probably a question that all of us someplace along the line have dealt with, the one of honesty who am I really anyway? Anybody want to answer that? No. Have you ever dealt with that? Have you honestly dealt with that? Who am I anyway? And, you know, basically talking about finding themselves and all that. But who are we anyway? We're a child that God's made, right? And really beyond that, anything we are, anything we can accomplish is only because of him. So we got, we got to be honest with that. Now, if, if, that, if that guy, if the Pharisee had come up there and said, yeah, I've done all these things and I thank you for the ability to do them, <laughs> i felt a little better about it, if you know what I mean. And the last one, the courage to grow, the courage to take on other things. And, and you know, I think the question is, what are the steps of the adventure of growth for me? Now, all of us I, I like to call it a God' story. We have a story of how God led us, and Pastor Bender talked this morning of you know how I never heard of salvation and it, and then never heard of baptism of spirit, never heard of healing and God takes us all hadn't he through a story and and it's that if you will it's it's that courage to step out and live within that that's important to us so. Pastor Bender says it's time for us to move into our calling. And you better do that with a, gratit- a heart of gratitude, honesty, and a, and a courage to grow and knowing that God's the one telling you to do it. If you don't, we're going we're to have some difficulty. Let's look at Matthew 18 a moment. Matthew 18. Another scripture. I, I know you're very familiar with these. Uh, I'm going to start with verse 1. And at that time, and if you look see what time it is, you know, he's talking about uh, things ahead of there and, and they just uh, talked about paying taxes and whether we need to do that and all that kind of thing which is a debate in a lot of people's heart but anyway 18 at that time the disciples came to Jesus saying this is not a parable who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven they all read the story right And Jesus called a little child to him. Now, think about it. You're the child. (laughs) I was in a situation where there's a little child, beautiful little girl. And I really wanted to ask her to come. But in this day and age, (laughs) you better be kind of careful what you're doing, you know. And Mama saw that she wasn't sure that this, this little girl, she asked her to come. Uh, the guy beside me had asked if, if he, he uh, she would come over. And he says, and, and mom just looks at her and the girl looks at mom like, is this okay? But Jesus was saying, he asked his child to come. And this child came. So first of all, the child trusted him. Didn't and it don't take you long to know who you can trust, does it? And he set that child in the midst of them. And if you will, we see him setting up on Jesus' knee. And if you're going to sit on somebody's knee, you better trust them, right? Better, you better have a feeling that the, this, is, this is where we ought to be. And then he says, and assuredly or certainly I say to you, unless you are first of all converted which is rather interesting, and he's talking about what What was the question? Who's the greatest? And we're contrasting that to what? Humility. <laughs> Who's the greatest? Surely I say unto you, unless you are converted and become as little children, trusting, believing, you will by no means enter into the kingdom. I would suggest to you, someplace... <laughs> Near the time of conversion, near the time that, that that God has asked you to take another move, you will take it by faith. You have no idea where it's going to lead you, and that's what He's saying there. You know, we 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 need to be people who trust and trust Him and move beyond that. If you want to watch what man you're trusting? You better be feeling God push you know pushing the button down here in your heart. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as a little child. That person is greatest in the kingdom of heaven, and certainly that's a challenge to all of us. And, and um, like I say, little children can be very trusting. Well, let, let me let me give you a, a, a couple more thoughts. Just God is humble Himself. Let's take a look at that, and He expects nothing less from His people. Let's look at Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus speaking, and we could go back and he's talking about having the rest. And he just talked earlier you know, about some of the events that happened in the city and some of those kind of things. But I want to go to Matthew I I, what I, 11, 28. And he says, right in the midst of this teaching, he says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. So they're talking about the need for us and then he says take up your yoke take it up on you and learn from me and then right in the midst of all of that where he's telling us to trust him and, and to take up his yoke what's he say he is i am gentle and lowly or some will call it say i am humble and low in heart so he's saying you get in the, you get in the yoke with me we're going to be walking together. And if you're going to do that, you're going to be what? You're going to be humble. You're going to be gentle. In where? <laughs> have you ever tried to be gentle and humble on the outside and inside? It wasn't happening. It looks pretty pharisaical, doesn't it? You better have that gentleness. God better put that deep in your heart. I'm gentle and low in heart and you'll find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I've heard different ones say, boy, you know, once I became a Christian, you know, it, it's been tough. Really? If it's tough, probably we're working it, right? And not letting God handle that. And, and I, you know, I think it's a real challenge for us. Someplace along the line, God's going to bring us to a place where we are humbled and realize that what hurdle is ahead of us we can't make it ourselves. Shameful as it is, a lot of times, that's the deathbed. <laughs> been a, cancer has been a, a real, real opportunity for people because they know that the chance is, you know, if God doesn't do something, I'm facing death. And, and, and God's going to bring something our way. If we don't humble ourselves, we will be humbled. And I'm sure you know health is one of those places that we'll really see that. I like that Paul's telling us some of the same thing. Let's go to Philippians 2. Philippians 2. This little guy's been around a while at this point. I think he's even older than Pastor Bender, really. And verse 1, Therefore, if any has any consolation in Christ, if any comfort in love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, and any affix, affliction and... Uh, Ooh, let's try again, any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded. So he's talking about unity and that kind of thing. Verse 3, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Now, if you can accomplish that on your own, you're a blessed person. Because nearly all of that goes totally against the nature of this. That God's given us totally against it. If we're going to do that, we're going to do it how? With His help, or we're probably not going to get it done. And then He said, "Let each of you look not only on His own interest but also the interest of others." I have trouble keeping up with what I have. How can I take care of other people's interests too? With God's help, and that's the only way, right? And then, verse five. I love this one because I—it's it, right here. That I'm totally humbled. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God, basically saying, here's God, the Son, in heaven, having it all. All glories around him, all power, it's all there. He did not consider it robbery or, you know, he he didn't consider it to be something that. Uh, was beyond his privilege he left that being equal with god and he made himself of what no reputation think how he was treated we just watched many of us the passion think how he was treated i want to (laughs) say all he had to do was just call and the angels have been all over those guys There would have been blood splattered everywhere. And he did what? He kept himself humble in the midst of that. Thank God he did. Because he took away my arrogance when he did that. If if he hadn't done that, I'd have been in a heap of trouble. Taking the form of a slave and becoming in the likeness of men. The God of heaven, the creator, had to become a baby. Worse than that, he had to, to to come to a mother who was probably a teen, as far as we know, to a teen, and he had to wait. Once he got there, nine months, right? God could have had him bust on the stage, couldn't? He, he had he had took him nine months, and then verse eight, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient. To the point of death. So here's a man who had all power. And now he's given all that power. Away. So that he could take our place. So he could be just like us. If he hadn't have done that. We would still be in that state. We were, we were born in. And we don't need to be. Because we can give it up to him. Therefore God has highly exalted him. And given him the name. Which is above every name. Now. Our name's not going to be above every name, but he, there's a principle in verse 8. He humbled himself and became obedient. And as he did that, God did what? God the Father did what? He highly exalted him. Guess what? He'll do the same to you. He'll do the same to me. He will highly exalt us if we'll humble ourselves in this situation. And then verse 11. Every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's our part. And so, God's been good to us. And as you look at that particular um, scripture that we started out with the, tonight, the Pharisee and the tax collector, just a couple things I want to remind you of. God, God will exalt those who humble themselves. And if we don't humble ourselves, we will be humbled. Something will come our way where we will become humbled. So we do it, or God does it. Another thing I, I want to remind us of, the Pharisee had a very limited view of righteousness. He thought righteousness was what he did and not what God did. And as a matter of fact, not only did he think that, he was so proud of it that he told him. Oh, God, you know, as I look at that scripture back there, it said that. Well, let, let, let's go back to that. Just just one minute on that verse. Well, chapter 18 of Luke, verse 11. The Pharisee stood and he prayed. How? Thus with himself. What's that say to you? <laughs> it says to me that God didn't hear him. Now, there may be more to that that I don't understand, you know, the Greek for. But to me, he was praying to himself. God help us. There are times that. I feel we don't I don't get an answer because I do that. I pray to myself, you know, as opposed to having the heart of God and praying where God wants us to. We don't. Another thing I want us to look at as we look at those scriptures, we don't know really what brought that tax collector to humility, but we know something happened to him before he entered church that night, that day, whenever it was, right? And evidently, there wasn't much that happened to the Pharisee before he came in. Because he prayed. both of them were praying out of their heart where they were. The Pharisee was pretty excited about where he was, and, and the tax collector knew that he was in the wrong place. So, why did God put that in there for us? (laughs) Let's go back to verse 9. I've been kind of skipping over verse 9. He tells us. He said he spoke a parable to some who did what? Jesus spoke a parable to us. He spoke a parable to some who did what? Trusted in themselves. Beyond that, If you're not, you haven't reached out far enough because you can get out there where you know you can't trust yourself. And that's what he's asking us to do, right? And then they trusted themselves that they were righteous. Righteous because of what they had done, right? And then something that he doesn't talk a lot about in, in the scripture, but he says, not only that, they did what else? They despised others. Now, I guess, you know, as, he, as he's talking about the tax collector, that was done out of spite for that. He despised that tax collector. That's what that's what God's saying. Isn't it? And God has challenged me. Uh, you know, it's too personal to get involved in a whole lot. But there have been some situations and some people that he's had me with lately that I think, God, <laughs> I really don't want to deal with that no more. Take it away. Get it out of I don't really want to do that. Been there? Oh, my. I hope he doesn't write another Bible. I'll probably be the one he's talking about. Well, let's stand. Let's bow our heads a moment. Father, I'm not sure what you're speaking to us. You know each heart that's here. Lord, you said you put the Scripture in here for, for our benefit. So here it is, and here we are. Lord, I ask you by your power, of your spirit this night, to Lord God, that you will help us. Lord, if there are places that we're pharisaical, there are places, Lord God, where we exalt ourselves and compare ourselves. Lord, help us. Help us to be, Father, humble. Help us to be people who don't stay in that groove where we feel comfortable. But Lord, we allow you to move us beyond that. I'm not sure I'm re- I'm ready to walk on water, Lord God. But I'm just saying, Lord, help us to be at a place where we realize we cannot be what you want us to be, on our own. We have to have your help. So Lord, this night I just I just give this word back to you. We thank you for having it in your in your word. Thank you for sharing it, Lord God. Uh, uh, with us because you you said it's something that we need. So we thank you for that. And Lord, I just ask you now to help us to take some time, Father, If there are those who, let me just say to you folks, for those of you who need to come to the altar and talk this over with the Lord, or maybe you already have, let's take some time to do that. Lorraine, if you'll uh, you know, play a worship song